0: This call is now being recorded. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I feel so important. I've never been on a podcast before.
1: <laughs> well, this is a low-budget affair, so...
0: I mean, you got to nothing... start somewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love doing this. I'm having a lot of fun, so I hope you enjoy it, too.
0: I mean, just think, like, when you're famous, like, a year or two from now, I can be, like, one of the OGs.
1: Absolutely. you got to take pride in being an OG.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me.
1: Of course. It was a
0: a good day. Overall, our schedule is actually pretty light, but unfortunately, probably, like, everywhere else in the world right now, we are short-staffed, so we are feeling the pain of that.
1: Yeah. And so before we dive too deep, you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do?
0: Absolutely. So my name is Kelly. I am a physician assistant in Texas. I have been practicing for a little over six years. I graduated in 2015. And kind of the benefit of being a PA is I have gotten to do a couple different specialties over the last six years. So I started off. Doing a combination of your, like, urogynecology, women's health, and plastic surgery. And then I transitioned into the world of orthopedics, which was pretty short lived. And now I'm (laughs) doing wound care, which I kind of feel like is the outpatient version of trauma surgery for, you know, more or less.
1: Okay. Uh, How long have you been doing wound care now?
0: So I started with my wound care job in June, and it is a specialty I never thought I would want to do, because when you see wound care, you kind of just feel like it's, you know, smelly, nasty wounds, and it's actually wonderful, and I love it. So I've been doing that about four months now, and I'm really enjoying it. So hopefully this will be maybe my last career change. We'll see.
1: So if it's not smelly, stinky wounds and it's such an amazing field, what's what's the awesome part about it?
0: So I'm not going to say that there's not smelly, stinky wounds because it definitely okay. happens. But um, a lot of wound care that I didn't know about is actually it's a lot of almost like internal medicine because – you know, when you think about wound care, people are getting wound care because they have wounds that aren't healing. And so there's an underlying cause of why that's not happening. And so you kind of have to root that out. It can be infection, um, a lot of diabetics, unfortunately, have difficulty healing wounds, a lot of peripheral vascular disease. And so, I mean, I'm ordering imaging, I'm ordering labs, um, a lot of patients are on antibiotics. And so it's a lot of you know, juggling different conditions that are all contributing to one underlying problem. And so you kind of have to sort that out. And we also have hyperbaric oxygen therapy in my group, which is pretty cool. And so I took a certification course on that. And so we can do hyperbarics for our wounds. So, but I mean, I feel like it's trauma surgery, to be honest, because I mean, every wound Mm -hmm. is different, but I mean, we have, you know, non-healing abdominal wounds from, you know, a hernia repair, and I've had people come in that their spine surgeries didn't heal, and I can see their vertebrae open, and they're just, you know, walking around in the outpatient world, and so, um, you know, a lot of people, most people get better, and so it's really amazing to see, like, when I first started, I was like, oh my gosh, that person will never get better, and it's amazing what the human body can deal and heal with, so... I actually, really enjoy it, but I'm not going to say that there's not some stinky toes out there that we have to see too. But that's just part of
1: the job. Yeah, every every job is going to have downsides. But I guess I didn't really know that about wound care, to be honest. I mean, I know that we always tell people like, oh, you need to go get wound care. But I guess I don't really, I never really knew, um, what all it entails. So that that sounds pretty interesting.
0: I know. And like I said, I never, I used to do uh, orthopedics and specifically foot and ankle orthopedics. And so a lot of diabetic, you know, feet there that we had to deal with that had wounds. And my boss used to say like, oh, like we should do wound care for these people. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, please don't. Like not that guy. And now I do it every day and I love it. So definitely, like I said, I it was this job I got through a friend who had to leave for, um, because she moved and she said she loved it and didn't want to leave but had to. And so it just happened through word of mouth and it's been wonderful. So hopefully it stays that way.
1: Yeah, very cool. So you said you were doing foot and ankle orthopedics before this wound care job? Yes.
0: Yeah, so my second job, I was only there two years was foot and ankle orthopedics. And then through the pandemic, you know, when shutdowns happened and elective surgeries were not functioning. Um, I ended up actually kind of transitioning throughout my ortho group and helping joint surgeons, and I did some back surgeries and a lot of joint replacements and some traumas, and so I ended up kind of getting the whole orthopedic realm. So I specialized in clinical orthopedics, but by the time I left, I was doing everything, you know, neck to toe, basically. But Uh, orthopedics just wasn't for me. I'm probably one of the only people in medicine that doesn't love orthopedics because I feel like that's a very popular specialty in school and in training, and it just wasn't for me.
1: (laughs) Was there something in particular that kind of turned you off from ortho?
0: So my clinic, I worked for a very large group. Like I think we had close to 30 providers, Um, and I mean my provider alone was seeing 40 to 50 patients a day. And so just, you know, the amount of people that you're seeing and, a lot of times orthopedics isn't straightforward. It's not, you know, oh, my knee hurts. Oh, it's because of this. Do this. It's, you know, especially for an ankle, it's a little more complicated. Um, and so it was just a little overwhelming at times. And like I said, by the time I left, I was working for a lot of different surgeons. And so I was working around 12 hours a day. And one of the reasons I decided to be a PA versus, you know, going the physician route is I'm very much a personal life balance. Um, I what is it? You live to work, you don't work to live. I you know, mm-hmm. like to go to work, do my job, but I also very much enjoy my home time. Especially living with a physician who does shift work, it's kind of hard to catch them, which I'm sure you can relate to. So mm-hmm. when I can be at home at the same time it's a pleasure.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you have more of a you so you have less hours and more of a structured schedule with wound care.
0: Yes. So my schedule, Monday through Friday, no call, no weekend. When I leave the office, like, that's it. So that's really nice versus Orso, You know, there's always some proponent of being on call or traumas or, you know, working holidays. And um, I like to show up. I like to get there early and I like to leave on time. So that is definitely helpful with this job. I definitely found a great balance. Um, And so I'm actually working less and making more money, which doesn't hurt either.
1: (laughs) That's the dream.
0: It is. I got really lucky. I'm really happy. So hopefully it's not the honeymoon phase and it sticks. But so far, so good.
1: Nice. So did you have any, like, OR exposure when you were doing ortho?
0: Oh, yeah. So I would say I was probably 90% OR.
1: So I was very oh, rarely wow. in a
0: clinic. Yeah, maybe two half days. So I was basically a first assist PA. Um, and so, you know, the first assist is instead of going to medical school or PA school, you go to like a separate training, um, where you only train to assist in surgery and that's your job. So I was basically doing that, but you know, being a PA, it's like, you know, you get a little more training as far as in school and anatomy and physiology and all those things. But I really enjoyed surgery, just not 12 hours every day. It can be a little rough.
1: Right. And what were you doing before that?
0: So before that, my first job out of school, um, I was doing urogynecology, which is basically a specialized version of women's health where a lot of the focus is actually on the bladder. And so like urinary incontinence and prolapse and, again, something you don't really learn about in school as far as training goes, but it's a specialty that is out there in very high in demand, and I loved that. I loved women's health. Um, if I didn't have to relocate for geographical reasons, I would have stayed, and I also did plastic surgery at the same time I was there. So I worked for um, two providers that shared an office. So he was a plastic surgeon, and she did urogynecology, and I loved it it's kind of one of those jobs that, you know, now that I've been out for six years, like the grass is always greener, and I didn't know how good I had it. So definitely missed that yeah. job
1: for sure. And that was also more surgical-based and time in the OR?
0: So it started out that way, and then they really got busy and expanded their business, and they basically did the opposite of my ortho job, and I was actually running their clinic most of the time and they would get a first assist for the OR so really smart business-wise for them because while they were operating they were still keeping up their numbers in clinic because I was there and so that model really worked out good and I always it's a balance surgery in the office because surgery if that's all you do you never see your patients when they're awake so I would walk into the OR and be like how did this person break their ankle who is this person I wasn't in clinic I don't know them I'm never going to know how they're going to recover because I don't have any clinic follow up. Versus mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in clinic, you wish your patients would be asleep. So <laughs> definitely a bad. One. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can definitely see that. So how how challenging or how I guess easy is it, depending on the way you look at it, to transition from field to field? Because that's something that I cannot do in medicine, right? Like if you're a physician, you go to residency you're in that field, that's what you're doing, like, you know, the plastic surgeon's doing plastic surgery, the Eurogyne person's doing Eurogyne, and that's their career. But one of the advantages that you have is that you can move between fields. So was that challenging? I mean, is it, is it hard to do that?
0: It really hasn't been because I feel like every job I've gone to, my physician has kind of taught me everything. And so I feel like, you know, even if I would have gone from one orthopedic job to a different one, every orthopedist is probably going to practice and operate different. And so I would say the hardest part is kind of, you know, learning not so much a new specialty, but like working with a new provider and establishing that rapport and figuring out your flow. But I mean, different specialties, I would say foot and ankle is probably the hardest because it's actually a lot of almost like physics, like, you know, really small joints and getting things in a certain alignment. So that was just overall a really hard specialty. But my women's health job was really nice because one hysterectomy was the same as the other. And so that wasn't too complicated, but definitely it's a lot of on the job training. And so as long as you have a good provider to train with, then I honestly, I kind of, it's been nice doing different specialties because you kind of had a lot of, you know, tools in your basket. And I mean, you say that you don't do all the specialties, but literally y'all are like the specialist of everyone working in the emergency room. I don't know how y'all do it. You have to know everything (laughs) about everything.
1: Yeah. To a certain extent, I guess like we kind of get to a point where we reach a stopping point and then have to involve whatever specialty, you know, the there's a specialist in unless the patient can go home. Um, And then it's just, like, referring people or sending them home, really. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's knowing a little bit about all the different specialties to a certain extent and then, like I said, getting them to a certain point and then kind of handing off care to let somebody else take over.
0: Right. And I'm very much, like, a niche. Like, I like to know a lot about one thing and just, like, be really good in that one field. And so, I don't know. I always – people always ask me if I would do ER because that's what my husband does. And – I don't know. I don't think it would be for me. I love the ER. I love it, love it. If you could just sit me in a room and let me suture people all day, like, I would do it, but I feel like yeah. sometimes I'm like, are you really having chest pain? Or, you know, I feel like I'm <laughs> always like, oh, that doesn't sound that bad. Or, like, something that's not that bad, I'm like, oh, we should work that up. So I definitely feel like ER, I would overthink a lot.
1: Yeah. So how do... so? Obviously, you're in healthcare and your husband's in the ER. So, how do you all handle? I guess, how do you balance both being in medicine? Are there pros and cons, challenges to that
0: is so funny both, both people being in healthcare? I was going to ask you the same question because your wife is not in healthcare and I've had this conversation right. with other people. So, I love that we both work in healthcare because he can come home and like tell me what he did and like how he did it and I totally understand and I like his job is obviously a lot crazier than mine and so when he's running a code and saves people or does these cool things like I love that like it's living with with someone who's in Grey's Anatomy and I also feel like (laughs) you know you can You, I don't know how you feel, but, like, especially for him, like, sometimes you just have to come home. I think that's why you started the podcast is you just have to talk about it. And so I always joke that he'll come in, like, especially after a night shift. Like, I'm, like, not even out of bed. And he's, like, hey, let me tell you about what happened last night and just, like, dives right in. But I love it because I feel like we can relate to each other. And especially on days that it just everything fell apart, just, like, having someone to vent to you. But I want to ask you, how does that work when you're married to someone who doesn't do medicine?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think you make a good point. It's you definitely when you have somebody that is in healthcare, the the fact is is that the two of you can relate a little bit better because you sort of speak the same language. So, right. I think a lot of people share that same sentiment. I know I've talked to Tushar, who's been on the podcast, and. He says the same, he said the same thing and a lot of people say the same thing. I think the advantage to having a partner that is not in medicine is that you tend not to get as lost in the frustrations and the storytelling that a lot of us are sort of used to in medicine. You know, like Mm -hmm. we were at a, we were at the wedding, uh, at a friend's wedding together and everybody's in medicine and everybody knows each other and feels comfortable sharing stories. So the topic of conversation ends up being medicine a lot work, of times yeah. and you, and it's yeah, you, you talk just about. talk about work. Right, exactly. But in healthcare or having a partner that's not in healthcare, you know, a lot of the time she's like, well, I don't really want to talk about that. You know, like let's talk about something else. So you're, you're not only forced to talk about work less, but you sort of have a balance of, being able to disconnect from medicine entirely and engage in topics of conversation that is entirely outside of medicine, outside of medicine. So I think that is nice. You know, sometimes there is some frustration that you try to explain something and you're like, "Ah, I don't know how else to say it other than to just use this like lingo or medical jargon or something that, you know, somebody in medicine would get. Um, so there is that from time to time, but I do think that there's a nice balance of like, well, let's talk about something else. Let me hear about how your day went, you know, what's going on in the marketing industry or whatever it is, is right. the role. And it's um, so funny though, so that, like,
0: I feel like so many people we know are just, you know, medical and then when like, I have a good friend that's a lawyer and she tells me what she does for a living. I'm like, I don't understand any of
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess people tend to cluster, and, you know, when we're in residency or you kind of have other friends that are in healthcare, you kind of tend to group yourself with the same types of people, and so it's so easy to just get lost in, like, having the same types of conversation, like going to dinner and just talking about, like, gross medicine stuff. Right. Um, And then, yeah, you hear about people that do other things. Like, I have a ton of friends that are not in healthcare, and they tell me about, like, their roles in like finance and marketing, and I'm like, this is a foreign language. I don't understand any of this. And they say the same thing to me because they're not in medicine. So right. Uh, so it's interesting, but um, I still think it's a lot of fun to talk about all the crazy stuff. With and I really enjoyed it when we, we all went out
0: when we all went out to dinner. But I will say, even though we're all in healthcare, y'all are emergency medicine, and I'm gonna be honest, like ACLS was not my jam. And so you told a story about your job that like a code didn't go well with a colleague or whatever. And I left and you told everything and I had to pull Chris aside and I was like, okay, so tell me why that was wrong because y'all, there was like y'all gave fluid. Like why did that, why is that bad? So definitely, I mean, there's still things that are way above my head that I just don't understand. But
1: yeah, That's why I fix yeah.
0: sick people's diabetic toes, and y'all run codes. There's a place for everyone.
1: It's nice little rhyme there. I liked it.
0: <laughs> I'll be here all night. First feet dropping <laughs> <Yeah. at midnight.
1: laughs> You're going to be uh, podcast famous with all these sick rhymes.
0: Oh, my gosh. That would be a dream. Well, thank
1: you for having me.
0: I, I love to talk versus my husband. I'm very much the extrovert, so yeah
1: I mean this is great. I love hearing about uh all the different fields, and you're the first p a that's been on the show so
0: yes, physician assistant and I'm gonna say it i I love my my title, so I'm gonna keep with it. We're still holding out right. on the whole
1: physician associate thing but yeah that's uh I didn't even know that was a thing to be honest until you just mentioned it. I think I've actually heard of it, but I can't say that i a hundred percent can say that i i know what the whole trend is about
0: yeah i know i'll probably get in trouble for saying it but i just you know i went to school to be a physician assistant that's what my master's was that's what's on my diploma that's what i signed up for and i think a lot of people feel like because our name has assistant behind physician that we don't get recognition for all the things that we do because i mean a lot of pas you know the whole point is we offload the physician and so you know i probably see just as many patients in clinic as my physician does and so I think people Mm -hmm. are just looking for a name that better identifies them as like an independent provider so people you know medical assistant I think you know patients are like who are you so but physician assistant doesn't doesn't bother me but apparently it bothers some people so we'll stay tuned to see how that goes well I'm so excited it was so good to talk to you and Thank you for making me podcast famous.
1: Oh, don't thank me yet, but I will take credit when <laughs> uh, when you're on so many other podcasts. Well, thank you. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Bye.
1: All right. Bye.